Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. So if that problem solver were to relax, almost like it's a little pattern of thought or a thinker, and if it could just kind of settle down and you could feel you could be aware from an already awake flow, we'll just see what that was like. So, so here's the inquiry that helps many people to feel this. So the idea is I'm going to ask you to consider this inquiry and then let this problem solver relax and then feel if you're aware and then from this awareness of your breath and your body in a kind of new way. So that's the setup. So here's the question. So you start with understanding it, but then let your awareness open. So the question is, I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Welcome to the Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks, Srini. Uh, great to be here with you. It is my pleasure to have you here. So I met you because you wrote in and you told me a little bit about the work that you do around mindfulness. And given that we are living through probably one of the most sort of chaotic times in history, and you know, as you were joking, uh, you know, me having to reschedule with you multiple times is a test <laughs> of whether you actually live, you know, what you write about. Uh, but before we get into your work, uh, I wanted to start by asking what I think is a, a sort of fitting question to kick us off. And that is what religious or spiritual beliefs were you raised with? And how did that end up impacting where you've ended up with your life and your career? Sure. Yeah. So I grew up uh, in uh, the Roman Catholic church, or maybe it's the Irish Catholic church, but uh, both my parents were raised that way. And my grandparents were born in Ireland. Although interestingly, my mother uh, started going to the Unitarian Church when I was in high school. So it was very clear that from my upbringing, even in the Catholic Church, they were, it was the time of kumbaya and, uh, you know, folk masses and, you know, very casual uh, religious uh, training. It wasn't very harsh. Um, but, uh, you know, there was an openness. And I just remember, you know, kind of hearing some of the stories, feeling a lot of it was kind of boring and wasn't really taken by the ritual. But I'd hear some of the stories and say like, oh, that's a really good message. Oh, that guy Jesus was really cool, you know, <laughs> what he said, you know. So it was kind of like, huh, interesting. Okay, there's a lot of fuss here. What's going on? And um, <clears throat> so it was, you know, it was a very uh, open you know, exploring kind of Catholic upbringing. Yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that a lot of this is kind of boring because I think that that has always been my sort of primarily primary objection to religion is that particularly Indian religious traditions are incredibly time consuming. And half the time, I don't even understand what people are talking about because it's another language. Um, and, but I don't think that the idea that, you know, religion is boring and time consuming is something that is 
you know, only I feel. I think that's a pretty, you know, common opinion. A lot of people, I think, you know, Catholic in particular, is like, okay, I got to do this out of guilt. Uh, so why is that? And then, then, you know, how do you change that? And then as far as Unitarians go, I remember seeing a Unitarian church in Boulder. Like, what are the sort of values and tenets of a Unitarian church that are different than sort of any other religion that we are um, exposed to? Because I had... Um, Gregory David Roberts here yesterday, we were talking uh, about his new book, The Spiritual Path and Enchantaram. And I was like, okay, I'm like, explain the difference between religion and spirituality to me. And he said, well, he's like, religion has bankers and lawyers. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah. Spirituality. Yeah. I know that uh, <clears throat> often I will say to people, you know, whether you're religious uh, or spiritual, but not religious, or consciousness, but not spiritual, but not religious, you're welcome, because everyone does have a a different approach to what the ultimate um, nature, whether you can define that kind of metaphysical or theological or ultimate, uh, how clearly you can define that, I think is one of the things. And religions tend to be very, you know, as you say, lawyer, lawyerly about it. This is, hmm. this is the, you know, these are the tenants. This is what this God or gods, you know, are about. Here's what they wrote, you know, or, or transmitted. And here's the particular commandments, etc. where spirituality is a little more of an open uh, feeling, but still has a sense. There's another dimension beyond materialism and science. Yeah, yeah. And then consciousness is on that next borderline feeling of, okay, maybe there's spiritual or at least the unknown, uh, undefinable. Um, and, but is there, you know, there's something else bigger than just being an animal that is of interest and that can be explored. Um, and so, <laughs> Yeah, Unitarians, I think, were part of the Protestant uh, Reformation that tried to be as rational as they could. So they would take out some of the theological beliefs and bring in the highest principles. What are the highest principles of love and, um, you know, fellowship and connection to others and service and social justice and things like that? Yeah. I have to ask you about this whole idea of consciousness, because I remember when I, I first moved to Encinitas, there's this Facebook group called the Conscious Community. And after reading you know, the posts in there, I remember texting my friend Charmaine. I was like, can you please tell me what the hell it means to be conscious? Because based on what I'm seeing in this group, I'm concluding that it means you're out of touch with reality. <laughs> so since I have you here, can you expand and yeah, actually sure. explain what it means? Because I'm pretty sure... It doesn't mean, you know, lighting scented candles and talking in esoteric language where somebody right. is, you know, speaking English and you feel like you need a translator to understand what they're talking about. Yeah, I mean, that almost sounds like uh, bullshit. <clears throat> well, psychic, you know, some people uh, psychic or esoteric or, you know, Pseudo certain kind of profundity is what uh, uh, John Petrocelli. Yeah. yeah, I mean, John Petrocelli uh -huh. calls it uh, pseudo profundity, which basically People say things that sound profound and they're so you know difficult to understand, but they actually mean nothing. Yeah, could be, but I'm I'm very open because I I do have a feeling that having known so many people from so many different backgrounds and histories, that at certain points people very sincerely are trying to be authentic or find meaning, and so you know if you ask people, you know, what were you doing twenty years ago in that cult? They, you know, they were like, I don't know, but I think I was trying to find, you know, connection and family. But if you had met them then, you would think they were pseudo, but now they move through that. So yeah. I would say that, uh, yeah, consciousness is, is very important because it is that borderline between uh, science and something that makes us uh, able to reflect you know, is the first level of consciousness that we're aware that we're aware, you know, where there's a, you know, in developmental psychology, uh, a child before one and a half to three years old uh, looks in a mirror and they won't see that they have a mark on their 
knows, they won't recognize it's them. They're not conscious. They're a separate creature. Their babies are really kind of dependent, massive energy and feeling that is connected to their environment. And then we individuate, and there's some level of psychological consciousness that's very important that makes us unique as humans, that we develop actually what's called self-awareness at that time, one and a half to three years old. And so you can reflect. And then it becomes kind of complicated because you start to say to yourself, oh, you, you shouldn't touch the hot stove because you, you might get burned. Well, who's the first one who's talking to you? So you kind of split yourself off into this two-part um, consciousness that becomes self-conscious as well as self-aware. And then the bigger definition of consciousness is some perception of, you know, intuition and bigger sense of self and being conscious of, uh, you know, feeling love and feeling uh, there's some, when you look at the night sky, there's some sense that you're separate, but you're not separate. There's some consciousness that's bigger than us that is intelligent or that even is running intuitively in the background when you're in a flow state or something. You're conscious, but you're not actually mentally uh, thinking about thinking while you're doing that. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this, you're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. 
Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. It's funny because after hearing you, you know, explain that and thinking about the company for the Facebook group, to me, it seems like the more conscious you are, the you know, deeper you are in touch with reality. Yes, I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. And and the subtler and I think it also emphasizes there's a subtle dimension of reality that isn't just material, uh, isn't just subject object, body mind personality. That there's some other dimension of intelligence and awareness and you know like the difference you could say the metaphor would be the difference between newtonian physics which is looking at objects and quantum physics which is looking at the same information except subtler so that all of a sudden there's this interconnection at certain dimensions and this flow and this movement uh or even you know the consciousness of you know, nature, how does it, you know, communicate, you know, through the ground and the earth? Is it, you know, it's, so it starts to be this, just this, what's this, that's a little greater than us being only animals um, that actually lets us be more, you know, kind of more embodied animals. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I want to come back to all of this, but walk me through the trajectory that has led you to doing this work. What happened after high school? You know, you go to this Unitarian church, you're raised by, you know, his parents are like part Catholic, path, path, you know, part Unitarian. So how did you end up here of all places? Because this is yeah, kind of so not one of those careers, like pretty much everybody interview that, you know, you can ask a high school guidance counselor about. Yeah. No, I mean, there's, uh, <clears throat> you know, two, two, two. Two things that happened, I think one actually happened uh, just that I was, uh, through sports, was very uh, in, intentionally loving what is called, now I know, is called uh, being in the zone or in the flow. And so through, I was kind of a natural athlete and played all these different sports. And that was something that connected me to my teammates, to my body, to uh, kind of this joy and love and egolessness and freedom and uh, and being more an animal and, and alive, but being more free of that bind of the small self or the self-referencing uh, self-consciousness. So there was a, a time when I was, um, I think, 14 or so, where I heard on TV um, – a sports commentator watching a football game say about a quarterback, he's got eyes in the back of his head. And I thought, Oh, I know what that is. That's what I do. When I play ice hockey goalie, I drop my awareness. I open my peripheral vision. And as I open my peripheral vision, I feel this kind of open mind. And then I continue around almost 360 degrees. So there's this kind of, feeling of a more spacious sense of self, then I drop into my body and feel immediately connected with everyone. So if somebody shoots a puck from the blue line through a mass of legs, my hand will shoot out, you know, kind of seeing the first part of the trajectory and the puck will end up in the, in my glove. So I thought, Oh, that's so cool. And then then one of my friends uh, asked me after a game, man, you played a great game. How'd you do it? And I said, you really want to know? And I kind of started with that. I dropped my body, opened my awareness. And he just kind of, his jaw dropped. He opened his mouth. He went, oh, cool. And they just walked away. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought, okay, I don't know if I should keep talking like this because I thought everyone understood this, but I guess not. But then one of the seniors on the team um um, next practice threw me a book. He said, here, kid, read this. And it was Zen and the Art of Archery. Mm. So that just intrigued me. I thought, oh, there is there is a connection to sports, but then there's this whole other world called Zen that is considered one of the pinnacles of human development in all these other cultures. What's up with that? Why isn't, Why aren't people talking about that? And so I started this exploration into Zen and what that meant. Mm. 
Wow. So how old were you when that happened? I was like 14. Okay. That I, I had a feeling. So one thing I've always wondered, you know, and I've asked people, you know, hundreds of people, some form of this question in one way or another, there's certain people who find that thing, right? Where you, yeah. under, you just get what you're talking about. Like you get into that flow state and you kind of say, yeah. there's something here. And a lot of people kind of lose that or they never discover it at all when they're young. And mm -hmm. for a lot of people, they don't even discover it, you know, when they get older. Um, I figured it out from surfing and then writing, you know, happened uh -huh. to be a byproduct. And when I first started surfing, obviously I hadn't started this show, but as I got deeper into it and started to understand Stephen Kotler's work and, you know, the work of people like mm -hmm. Cal Newport, and suddenly I had all the science to back it up. And I thought to myself, well, wow, this is actually the the thing that we should be using. It's like, why are we not using, you know, high flow states as a filter for how we make choices exactly. about careers? It's like, if this person is in flow, they're going to perform well, put them in a situation that leads to flow, not one that leads to boredom. That's it. I agree. Yeah, that's so true, right? Yeah. And so we were fortunate enough to what I call find a doorway. Yeah. So one of the one of the first things I do when I and and my just to say that starting from the beginning and now just fast forwarding to now and I'll fill in the in yeah. between. But uh, what I do now is uh, help people find a way to access that now immediately, intentionally in any situation to access what we would call uh, Zen or awake consciousness or flow consciousness. Uh, whatever that is, it's an open-eyed meditation in action, uh, what I call effortless mindfulness that connects, drops you out of your ego and into actually an optimal functioning, joyful, interconnected um, way of being and doing. Uh, and so I, I believe that that is the next natural stage of human development, that we can learn it's learnable and teachable and just as you say well why don't we do it well and then so i i that's my question that i i took up and said okay let's do it you know yeah absolutely uh, i mean so you said you're going to fill in the blanks so like high school to, to yeah. where you're at like what happened how'd you get here yeah and then the other so so there's the so i combine kind of uh <laughs> the kind of wisdom traditions of this uh more kind of advanced practice meditation with flow consciousness with psychology and neuroscience. So the psychology part came in uh, more when I was a freshman in college, my father developed a brain cancer on the left side of his brain. He was a very successful engineer. So the left side was his kind of uh, really mathematical functioning part. And he had an operation and uh, during my freshman year of college, I would go home and see him. He was coming out and he was rehabbing. And so by the summer, uh, he would he would bring me workbooks at a kindergarten level, first grade level. So here I was just, you know, coming from childhood to relationship with my father as an equal adult. And all of a sudden now he's the child and bringing me, you know, showing me how good he's doing at a first grade level, second grade level, working his way back up to starting to talk about going back to work in the fall. Then he had another aneurysm and uh, he uh, deteriorated and he passed away right before my sophomore year in college. So it was, you know, quite amazing journey to be with particularly my father and my mother, my siblings and I, you know, didn't quite have a language to talk about it. We just kind of try to be supportive. And none of my friends knew had that experience either at college or my high school friends. So they'd just be like, what can we do? Let's go do something. Okay. Let's avoid thinking about it. So they were friendly in that way, but I never didn't have anyone to really talk to that much. I tried actually going to the uh, counseling center I went to that had kind of a Freudian uh, therapist. I lasted, you know, three times. He was just taking notes and I was like, okay, that's not going to work. <laughs> and then one evening, uh, like late evening in the winter, uh, I was upstate New York at college and coming out of the library where I didn't 
I don't think I got much done that day, but I stayed till it closed. And I was just walking down this hill and I just felt this incredible grief and weight. And this kind of from within me or like a voice just said, I don't know if you can take this much longer. And I kind of looked up as if I was looking for like, who said that? Where's that coming from? Uh, And as I looked up, I literally opened my awareness up and saw this beautiful night sky. And as I did, my awareness just kind of opened out, almost like people describe on a psychedelic trip. But it just opened up into this out of my body and all this kind of pressure and pain and heavy grief opened to something that was literally a felt sense of this space that was just alive and awake and relieving. And so I just started crying and laughing and, and felt this similar feeling to that zone or flow state. And I was like, Oh my God, Oh, this is right here. And, you know, it didn't make me kind of try to escape that grief. I, I then became actually more interested in working with it and talking to people and finding others who had been through it. But it gave me this, what is now essentially the foundation of this effortless mindfulness, which is the ability to actually have awareness unhook from the mind and open to this vast, already awake consciousness that's embodied and connected and has the capacity to be with whatever's happening because it's so much bigger and so much more loving, intelligent, and just, you know, holding of the the storm that's going through the sky. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, I've had probably a handful of guests who've lost parents at such an early mm-hmm. age. And there are two things that I wonder, and this is something I always ask mm-hmm. people. One, what decisions did you make about how you would live your life going forward after having lost a parent at such an early age? Yeah. And the other thing, you know, every time I talk to somebody about this, I always listen and I'm like, I don't think I will ever understand. This is one of those experiences that in my mind, there's no self-help book that will prepare you for right. this. So how in the world, because I mean, that literally sounds, this is literally the thing I dread the most in life. I think it's the thing that I am most afraid yeah. of in my entire life is that moment when that happens. Like, you know, obviously people, I, you know, I, I mean, how do you move on with life after something like this, especially at such a young yeah. age? Well, that was the thing. I mean, I, I think in some ways it was a fortunate time to be in college, which is its own kind of world. Yeah. So I had a little, a little structure, but a lot of freedom to kind of like bounce off of walls and just kind of explore, experiment. And so that was, you know, good fortune. Um, I didn't really ever find many peers who had been through that. I had found one friend who had been through a divorce, uh, you know, early on. And so there was some feeling there, but, uh, I can also remember that within that same year that I had that initial experience of walking around again on my own and kind of going like, all right, so what did my father give me? He gave me like my life. He gave me my, you know, the relationship and support. And he gave me this time to be at college. And so what is it that I want to do? That is important. What what if I could do anything? I just thought, okay, well, what if I could do anything? Then I will do what I think is most important. I won't just get on the treadmill like my friends and go to med school, law school, or Wall Street. You know, or you know, I'm just gonna follow what is important. And that's the gift, I think, that led me to start to follow. Uh, you know, to go off to graduate school and then off to Sri Lanka, India, and Nepal and meet these other teachers and just keep following, you know, what is the most important thing uh, for healing, for living, for loving, for individuals and relationships and cultures. 
um, let's see what, you know, what's important. And so that, that, you know, gave me that uh, opportunity to ask that question and to follow it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, well, let's do this. Let's actually get into the work that you do because, you know, I think that for many of us, uh, mindfulness has been one of those things that, you know, we've heard about endlessly. Everybody's like, oh yeah, meditation is amazing. And then, you know, people are like, I don't have time to meditate. Um, but then you also have sort of in parallel with this, this sort of narrative around mental health that, you know, fortunately is starting to change, but I can tell you when I was growing up, like, and I think that this is very common in, uh, among immigrants in general, uh, Trevor Noah had Oprah on and it was funny because he turned to the you know, audience. He said two questions from the audience because probably everybody has a thousand questions for Oprah. Uh, right. And the funny thing is she had an African woman who basically said, you know, in our culture, we don't talk about mental health. Like it's just not accepted. And, mm. and I understood that, you know, growing up, it was kind of seen as if therapy was for crazy people. And then, right. you know, when I was in a therapist office, 36, I thought, what the hell took me so long to get here? I should have been doing this years ago. Um, right. But I feel like mindfulness and therapy kind of go hand in hand. I know you've been a therapist. Yeah. So two sort of questions come from that. First, how do we start to change this narrative around mental health that we have? I mean, particularly in the wake of, you know, yet another mass shooting. Yeah. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. 
Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time. And now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. Yeah, I mean, I think this is this is uh, exactly what you say. There's certain taboos, you know, but they're in most cultures. They're different in each of the cultures. Uh, but there's some willingness to, you know, educate and read books and study, and you know, that's all supported. But um, you know, with all the, it's almost like a privacy. Thing like church and state, it's like mental health and state. It's like, well, you know, we, you know, that's that's your business, that's your family's business. Uh, just do the best you can, and don't talk about what happens behind closed doors. So people end up trying to put on a good face. And how are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about you? And there's not a support for. Uh, vulnerability, uh, certainly in, you know, male culture, uh, in, um, most, uh, most cultures, um, you know, it's like, uh, you know, shake it off and get back in there, you know, is the, you know, just, you know, boys don't cry. And, uh, so there's not a real, um, honoring of, uh, the, the developmental, emotions that go through and in school, you know, there's not really counselors or, uh, so it's relied, you know, relies on the home. So I think, um, you know, bringing that mindfulness and, uh, and mental health and finding a way to create peer groups and ways to just make it, um, you know, normal to have feelings. And one of the ways that I do that is through the particular kind of um, mental health approach, um, which uh, is, you know, based on many of the modern, uh, but basically I'll give you an example. So basically the, the way to deal with it is to realize that uh, the feelings you have are a part of you. They're not all of you. <clears throat> so if you were to say, if someone were to say, well, I'm, I'm feeling really anxious, then the question would be, oh, okay, that makes sense. So are you aware of that part of you that's anxious? Where in your body are you feeling the anxiety? And I say, well, it's in my throat and it's in my upper chest. Okay. So, so now can you really let yourself feel that? And then ask for some space or step back to kind of mindful witness and then realize, Oh, part of me is anxious. Is there another part? And then, yeah, there's another part that wants to not be anxious. And then the question is, okay, well, who's aware of those two parts? Yeah. And what that does is it, it takes you into this open mind or this authentic self that, okay, now from that more authentic self, how do you feel toward that part of you that's anxious? It's like, oh, I feel compassion, you know, for that part. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm anxious because I'm about to do this thing at work. And yeah, okay, but I'll just be with that part of me that's anxious and just, you know, let it realize, oh, it's, you know, it, it has some roots in my childhood and has some fear of failure and it has some fear of getting fired and it's like, okay, but I can be with it and know that, you know, some of it's also excitement about presenting at work or, but let just stay with it and don't try to minimize it. Don't try to kind of spiritualize it away or, you know, or use your rational mind to replace it with positive thoughts. So that's one of the, you know, kind of rational ways of, um, of repressing a lot of, uh, thinking that's called psychology, but it's kind of just positive thinking. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I've, I've read probably a dozen books where, uh, you know, they talk about the actual downsides of positive thinking, which often becomes sort of delusional optimism. I mean, there's a, a woman named Gabrielle Ottinger who wrote a book titled Rethinking Positive Thinking. And people are like, uh-huh. oh, she's such a downer. And the funny thing is she profiled all these high performing people and she wrote about Michael Phelps. And she said, Michael Phelps basically imagines everything that could go wrong during his visualization instead of imagining himself winning a gold medal. And apparently, because he did that, what happened uh, during one of the many, you know, Olympic events that he won, his glasses got his goggles got filled with water and he couldn't see. And he actually had mentally rehearsed what would happen if that happened. And it didn't affect his performance. And yet, you know, we're taught to do the exact opposite. It's like picture yourself on the podium. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Yeah. And and realizing there's always. There's always what's called polarized parts of us, um, that that's kind of how we do. So if we have a negative thought and then we say, well, let's just try to be positive. It's like, well, those two are a little at war. And so this question from more of a effortless mindfulness is, well, who's aware of both those, you know, opinions that are, and then you get this third holistic feeling, um, that doesn't have to replace, doesn't have to be positive or negative. It can actually be kind of with whatever is from a little more wisdom based uh, perspective. So, you know, one of the things that you just said about anxiety in particular was like, can we just sit with that and can we let ourselves feel that? And from personal experience, I know that my sort of quick, fastest sort of gut instinct is I need to numb this somehow. And, Mm -hmm. you know, numbing, shows up in numerous forms, right? Whatever it is for somebody, it's like what their vice is. It's like, it could be drugs. It could be alcohol. It could be porn. It could be you know, any one of these. It could be Facebook, you know? Um, why do we do that? And how do we stop doing that? Yeah. So, so, you know, this, I'll just jump right to this, <laughs> this, uh, you know, thesis or this uh, effortless mindfulness approach. So basically, um, certainly with all the psychology and uh, even the preliminary practices of yoga and mindfulness, um, it you know it can be very important to start with the body and the nervous system and breath and calming and soothing. So you know, uh, doing breath practice, uh, slower, deeper breaths, longer exhales. You know, there's a whole series I do. I have a a synthesis of all these. I call three breaths, three ways, where I take people through the psychological nerve, nervous system and preliminary practices. Uh, but then the root of it is the key. The key is that, you know, kind of what I just did, which is that uh, when that anxiety arises to realize that it, what it does is it takes over as if it's me. And then it, triggers cortisol and adrenaline, and then it makes it even more a sense that, oh, I'm anxious, I'm worried, I'm fearful, what am I going to do? And that the root solution is to find the bigger I. In other words, to go to the core of identity, which I, you know, kind of that little series is one way to do it is like, oh, there's, I'm feeling anxious. Okay, rather than quelling it, numbing it, stopping it, dismissing it, fighting it, fleeing from it, feel it, but then feel another part that that's okay. And then who's aware of those two two parts? Wow. So let's walk through this on a sort of practical exercise level, because so typically, you know, I think that the way we all think of meditation is, you know, okay, I have to sit, you know, at my desk and, you know, 15 minutes of, you know, just sitting here in silence. And I know for a lot of people that is incredibly challenging. I mean, I can tell you as a person with ADD, it took me a long time to get to that. And funny enough, mindfulness is often suggested as something that helps a lot with it. Um, And yet the irony is people who have ADD to them, it's like, you want me to sit still for 15 minutes? Are you out of your mind? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, one of the things to say is that that's kind of classical meditation, um, and it's many forms of what's called sitting meditation or basic mindfulness. 
um, is starting with not moving, either closing your eyes or half closing your eyes and trying to concentrate on your breath. Certainly there's other forms of meditation and movement. Certainly people exercise uh, and dance and play music and there's other things like that. Um, But the consciousness part of it doesn't have to be done by concentrating. So for people with ADD and dyslexia, it's almost important to do that something similar to that move um, that I was just talking about is to find this effortless mindfulness, which is more rather than narrowing our focus to the breath, we actually open to be aware from outside of the cloud of our mind, from like the sky, and then focus on your breath or your body from this bigger field rather than from this moving mind, this small mind, which with ADD or most anxious minds is is just always moving. So there's this bigger mind that you open to and then focus from it, which is what people in the flow or in the zone are focusing from. Yeah. So that that's one of the trainings that it's kind of a step-by-step. It's, takes a little bit of time to learn, but not any more time than basic mindfulness. Okay. So let's say we were to do that right now. So what would, what would be involved if you and I were going to, if you were going to walk me through this exercise right now, as we're doing this interview, so that way we have something very concrete, let's do it just so I can get a sense for what it's like and how it differs. So, all right. So there's a couple different ways to do it. Um, Um, So the premise is that there's an effortless awareness, effortless mindfulness that's already here that's called what people call open mind or open heart that is flow consciousness. And it doesn't require the small ego to concentrate or attend or to know or to focus. It actually is focusing from kind of this holistic, bigger field. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I can do a couple of them, but let's try this one. This is kind of an unusual one, but it works. So the sense is that even the meditator or your current small self, which is the one that tries to meditate and tries to be calm and less anxious is, is simply this problem solving, uh, program in your mind. It's, it's just trying to like, what's going on inside? Let me solve that. What's going on outside? Let me solve that. Let me, oh, I'm meditating. Let me try to solve that. Oh, I'm trying not to be anxious. Let me try to solve that. So if that problem solver were to relax, almost like it's a little pattern of self-referencing uh, <clears throat> thought or a thinker, and if it could just kind of settle down and you could feel you could be aware from an already awake flow, we'll just see what that was like. So, so here's the inquiry that helps many people to feel this. So the idea is I'm going to ask you to, to consider this inquiry and then let this problem solver relax and then feel if you're aware of and then from this awareness of your breath and your body in a kind of new way. So that's the setup. So here's the question. It's so you start with understanding it, but then let your awareness open. So the question is what's here now when there's no problem to solve? Just now. Just understand that as a as a thought. Then Let the problem solver relax and don't go to sleep. Just feel the background awareness that you would when you were, like when you're surfing or open view. And then rest as that open awareness that's here when there's no problem to solve. And then from there, 
remaining open, just focus on your breath and your body and hearing and seeing so that you feel the open awareness is connected to your body and the world. And what does that feel like when you don't have to create a small meditator or problem solver or thinker? And yet you can focus. So not going to thought and not going to sleep and not going to daydream. There's this natural effortless mindfulness or flow consciousness. Notice the breath naturally happening by itself and the awareness happening by itself. And what do you notice? It's kind of funny. Like I, I realize, like you know, everything in my physical space is much more pronounced. Just everything yep. I can see is, you know, yes. like I'm, I'm at my parents' house because I'm, I'm flying out of the country, and you know, I, uh, like, yeah, every it's just like, wow, okay, there's a computer, there's you, me, microphone, you know, my note taking app, which you know, basically is there just to make sure I have some notes from this. Uh, but yeah, it, it's wow, that's that's uh, that's shockingly simple. <laughs> and while like it's kind of mind-blowing like i'm just like whoa it's mind like, blowing. what if you like the idea that like okay what if you had no problems you know because it's like pretty yes. much we wake up and like i mean i'm a ceo <laughs> of a company so like my mindset right. is literally from the moment i wake up to the moment i go to sleep it's like what problems right. do i need to solve today right and so that's just a small program within the computer that thinks it's me that thinks the best way developmentally is to just keep on it, keep, keep going over it. But <clears throat> what we're doing here is we're actually not going to, Oh, you know, hippie happy. There's no problems. Yeah. We're actually going to the flow consciousness, which doesn't need to keep, <clears throat> keep tabs of everything you're going to do, you know, later today, right now, but it could solve any problem that you wanted to bring forth in a way that's much better problem solver. Okay. Let's talk about that in a bit more detail. So, you know, we get <laughs> yeah. this state of like, you know, sort of presence that feels, you know, incredibly blissful or whatever. Yeah. So let's say we actually do have a problem to solve that we're thinking about. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is. It could be, you know what I have to deal with, you know, uh, you know, it, it, you know, a problem employee or something like that. Just we, yeah. we need a concrete example. So let's just deal with that. Yeah. You almost have to bring up something small now. So anybody listening can just bring up just something that's just like a, you know, like what am I going to make for my next meal or, okay. or just, you know, something that takes a little yeah, planning. Perfect. perfect. I and- I, all I've had this morning for breakfast <laughs> is a coffee, a coffee and some bananas. So let's use that as an example. Yeah. So the key is, can you stay open while the the planning mind comes in and just starts like playfully considering like, oh, I could do that or I could do this without going to a small kind of, um, you know, blind, horse blinder, you know, uh, mental manager that is like, I better figure it out, you know, right away. It's, you know, it's right or wrong. It's, you know, it's one, what am I going to do about lunch, you know, or, you know, or breakfast or, you know, it's like, okay, well, let's see what's in the fridge. Oh, and then allowing that moment of not knowing, like, I'm not sure. Is that okay? Yeah, that's, that's okay. So then, oh, I think what I'd like is this. And, oh, we do have some of that. And so, 
yeah, there's some salad and chicken. Yeah. So I'm just doing it now. I'm like, all right, there's some lettuce and there's some chicken salad. All right. That's good. And then, and then done and then drop and then like, okay, that problem. Yeah. Okay. That'd be good. All right. And if not, I'll look around. Maybe there'll be something else too. And then drop it, drop the problem. And then what's here is this peace of mind that's ready for the next. And that thing you describe of seeing everything, it's because your mind is not in the field between you and what you're seeing. So usually it's like a, you're, you're, it's, it's just wrapping around itself and it almost creates this field of uh, fog between you and, and your vision. So it, when it drops and you open into this background awareness or flow consciousness, it's like everything's just just as it is. There's no interpretation. There's no projection. Hmm. Wow. So this is one of the things that I always wonder about because, yeah, I remember when we had Emily Fletcher here from Ziva. I was like sold on Ziva. It's been wonderful for me. It's one of the few things that I've stuck with for a very long time. But I told her, I said, you know why I'm sold on this is not because of the sort of peace of mind that comes from it. I'm like, you had a line in your book about somebody who said they had a million dollars a year in their business. And I think that that, you know, for highly driven people, it's kind of like, okay, yeah. I need an incentive to do this. And the minute I was like, you mean I'll be a better writer, better podcast host and make more money? I'm like, all right, those are three seriously, yeah. you know, solid incentives for me to pick up a meditation habit. So that was why I was sold on it because I remember telling her, I was like, you know what? I'm like, Emily, I don't give a damn about being enlightened. <laughs> like, right, right, right. But you do, but you do give a damn about feeling the way you feel when you surf. Yeah, of course. In other words, so that's the feeling of enlightenment, which means a kind of, uh, a kind of joy and a presence and embodiment, a very human, uh, you know that you're you're in the world, you're living a human life to its fullest, and you're not struggling. You're not in this small, self-referencing, worried part of you as a central part. You know, which is the ego center or small self they call it. And when you awaken from that to this, that's the key. It's not just you know getting rid of your ego in in this system. Um, your ego just semi-retires from being the center and the ego identity, and it becomes a, a part of you, a function, ego function, that then is very helpful when you need it. Yeah. Wow. So what are the kinds of changes that you've seen in people's lives uh, as uh, a result of this? They make $2 million. <laughs> well that's a pretty solid selling point <laughs> i'm just kidding with you yeah no but i i do have it's interesting because i did start <clears throat> to put out um this new um mobile meditation platform where i have so i call these short um effortless mindfulness um <clears throat> micro meditations or glimpses because they're not actually meditation states. As you can see, they're actually glimpses of who we are behind the, you know, kind of hypnotic trance of, of the ego. So it's a glimpse of our awake flow consciousness that's already here, that we don't even have to create or develop. So when I've had, I put this up during the... Um, during the pandemic because I wanted to offer, you know, some simple psychological and meditative solutions. And it's interesting that a lot of the people who have responded and have had the biggest changes and said, my life has completely changed. I feel less stress, less, you know, I'm isolated, but I feel less stress. I'm treating my wife and kids better. I'm, you know, having more better relationships at work and, working more productively are this younger, this young group, 25 to, you know, like 35. And most of them are like CEOs and COOs and, you know, of these kind of tech companies and, 
you know, they're just kind of writing me going like, what, what is this we're doing here? Because it's like changing my life and I love it. And how can I help? And what, you know, when's your next retreat? And so it is for, it does seem to be kind of the next stage of development for not only people who are really suffering uh, from stress, but also people who are kind of, you know, many of them say, well, you know, I've kind of done everything else. I'm successful, but I'm miserable, you know, and what else is there? And this is what there is, is this is the flow um, that opens you to compassion and connection and creativity. Mm. Wow. Wow. Um, well, this has been really, really cool. And, you know, I, I yeah. think this may be the, the most, one of the most interesting approaches I've seen to this whole conversation about mindfulness. Um, yeah. So I want to finish with my final question, which I know you've heard me ask before. Okay. Uh, what do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Yeah. So, so it's, it's a direct perception. It, it's, it's not a, it's not a mental confirmation. So what makes it unmistakable is almost something that can't be defined, but it's it's unmistakable. So there's a uh, there's a saying that in uh, in this direct path of Tibetan Buddhism is uh, it it you 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 don't recognize this awake consciousness because it's so close you can't see it, but when you realize it. It's, it's like a, it's just like you're, you, you know it by being it. And there's just this whole sense of like, is this, can you mentally say this is true or not true or real or not real? It's like, no, if I went to my mind, I wouldn't. But it's unmistakably, unconditionally real. And there's a real, there's a sense of well-being and connection that's unmistakable. Amazing. Uh, well, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us <laughs> and share your wisdom and your story and your insights with our listeners. Where can people find out more about you, your work, and everything that you're up to? Sure. <clears throat> so I have a website, uh, which is uh, lockkelly.org, L-O-C-H-K-E-L-L-Y.org. And then you'll see right away. <clears throat> through the website, you can connect to this mobile meditation platform, which is really the best way to experience these short glimpses. There's daily glimpses and ongoing in-depth courses. And there's actually community groups that are formed, peer groups of like four to six people that once they, if they like doing this, they kind of meet from around the world and every other week for an hour and kind of practice together. So there's it's a good, good, if, if it's worth a try to see if this is a match for you, you know, people have different styles of meditation and psychology, but if this is a good match, then give it a try and see if it's for you. Amazing. And for everybody listening, we will wrap the show with that. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World, and this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving no matter how much technology evolves. We're talking about real differentiators here like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.